This episode is brought to you by the Slash and Cast Podcast Network. Discover all of our shows at slashandcast.network. I have one strange question, but how do you feel if I would say the word shit? All for it. You're all for it. Perfectly fine. Just as long as you know you don't direct it specifically, like Greg, your dream was shit. Then I think everything else (laughs) above that, I think we're okay. Hello and welcome to the Conjecture in a Horrors podcast. With me is Laura. Hello. And Greg. Hey guys. And I'm your host Rob. Uh, how's everybody doing tonight? Great. Very nice. I'm good. How's the How's the gold room treating you guys? So fancy. Goldy. Gold. gold. Is that a word? It's gold. It's goldy tonight. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> interesting. Okay. All right. I thought you know, being we have a you know, pick your poison. We got dreams going on tonight. I thought maybe it'd be a little sleepy or. Be some herbal tea in there, trying to make us sleep a little bit or something. Never. It's a bit, a bit hazy. I don't know. Maybe we're we're in a dream right now. Can't oh, tell. That's true. And yeah, maybe we are in a dream. That'd be kind of cool. Interesting. Hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah. This week, we said we're doing a pick your poison. This week, this is Greg's pick your poison, uh, and we're going to be interviewing a dream analyst, uh, Lainey Dolphin, and talking all things dreams and nightmares. Uh, so let's see what we're wearing tonight. Uh, Laura, what do you got going on tonight? Well, first of all, I'm wearing one of our t-shirts. I'm wearing the t-shirt that says here for the booze. And there are ghosts and cocktails on the shirt. Um, But I have also decided to wear my Freddy glove tonight because I felt like it was so fitting. Talking about dreams and nightmares. So Mm -hmm. got my Freddy glove. Oh my goodness, that's horrifying. And I also have decided to bring my little bottle of paprika. 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 Paprika for the for the yeah. the movie we watched uh it was not like it's a review of the movie but we watched it right. for inspiration greg right a little shout out yeah just to kind of get us uh thinking about <clears throat> dreams and um you know the manipulation of dreams and how they affect us so mm-hmm. yeah nice i'm trying to hold it with my freddy glove it's <laughs> A little hard, a little hard you should you should yeah. sprinkle some of the paprika on the, the claws and just like lick it and then just the like claws. lick it uh... oh my goodness <laughs> <laughs> see this is why we need to go to audio eventually guys so people can get these visuals of laura licking knives and stuff like that. you mean video <laughs> yeah yeah a video a video yeah uh what about you greg what do you got going on tonight uh i kind of with the freddy theme somewhat i i, I found my uh the shirt that most closely resembles freddy's horizontal striped shirt um, I also have a little bottle of paprika and I'm going to uh, be eating it at some point during this podcast. <laughs> You're going to be eating, eating it, it during the podcast? Yeah. Oh my goodness. All right. Okay. <laughs> In order to keep me awake. I don't want to oh, okay. fall asleep. You know, you don't want to fall asleep. Oh, yeah. Okay. Paprika will do the job for you. Oh, that's Got true. It. That's true. Nice. Yeah. And me, like Laura, I'm wearing one of our tees. I'm wearing our Horror Life uh, shirt tees. And uh, I don't have any paprika out of anything like that. Uh, I just got a little bit of Z's going on because I'm uh, getting a little sleepy and I might go for a dream later. Uh, we'll see, you know. Um, 
<laughs> like you can decide. I'm going to go for a dream yeah. later. I'm going to take a quick little dream. <laughs> Coming from the person who does not actually dream. So that's actually super <laughs> ironic. Uh, yeah. So if, if anybody wants to see what we're wearing, see these pics, you got to check it out. Twitter and Instagram at conjecturing pod. And then our merch, check that out. tpublic.com slash user slash conjecturing pod. Uh, so let's see what we're drinking tonight. Now this might be really interesting. Uh, let me get the drop going. What's in the cups? All right, Laura, what are we drinking tonight? We are drinking this really delicious cocktail that I found online, and it's originally called a Medicine Man, but I have renamed it Nightmare on Paprika Street. Okay? <laughs> like how you okay. roll the, the R's there. That wow. was nice. I that was felt nice. like I had to. Yeah. Uh, it is delicious. I mean, this is definitely going to have to go up on the website. It is made with uh, white rum, lemon juice, maple syrup, smoked paprika, sage, and a little bit of orange bitters. It is really good. If you're someone who kind of likes the taste of spice, but can't really handle the spice that well, and maybe you stay away from more smoky or spicy drinks, this is perfect. It's like just barely a little bit of spice. It's really good. Hmm, nice, nice. What's, how, do you, how do you do the sage? It's the garnish. See, I just have a little sage leaf in my cup. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I was like, are you yeah. like burning something into the cup? Like, uh, how no, is that working? No, I don't do that anymore after I tried to do that to be funny in it's our conjuring episode. And That's true, yeah. that's true. Mm-hmm. And then I learn how many episodes later that there's different kinds of sage and I probably used the wrong one, so... Yeah. Fuck me, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yep. Now Laura has some type of his, uh, hipster demon in her in her attic. We think. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Sprinkling quinoa down on the floor all the time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but good, good drink, Laura. Good drink. I like it. I like it. Uh, let's do a little bit of show news real fast updates. We just want to remind everybody listening to please rate review our podcast wherever you're listening to it on. And a quick ad read real fast uh, from Amazon Music, one of our sponsors, our new sponsor we have. Uh, with Amazon Music Unlimited, listeners get unlimited access to over 70 million songs, on-demand music, which is always ad-free. Uh, and they're able to listen on- offline with unlimited skips. By signing up with our promo link, you can get Amazon Music Unlimited free for 30 days and cancel at any time. So go to amazonmusic.com slash conjecturing pod to get started. Oh, my God. I almost did it again. Um, and, and, <laughs> to get started. <laughs> I, I was don't know, waiting for it. I don't know what it is. It's like the way I pronounce things going from pod to get started does not work in my mouth. It doesn't work, you know. Um <laughs> <laughs> but all that will be in the show notes. So if anybody can understand what I'm saying, you can go to the show notes and click a link there and it'll be pretty cool in there. Um, do you guys have anything follow up from previous shows? Last week we did uh, Innkeepers last week. Did the Meat Man visit anybody in the night? Oh, I forgot all about that. You forgot about the Meat Man, Laura? I've been too focused on the Medicine Man this week. Oh, there we go. I thought maybe he showed up and you sprinkled a little paprika on him and made a little stew. <laughs> You know, <laughs> I will say I put smoked paprika on a lot of our meats because um, that's kind of like the number one spice you need when you want to uh, like blacken, like on a barbecue, blacken your chicken or steak or fish. So good. Nice. Nice. Uh, what about you, Greg? Do you have anything from the episode? Or you want to talk about barbecue? <laughs> no, I'm ready to get started. <laughs> <laughs> Got the pod to get started. <laughs> oh, yeah. We had a lot of accents last week going on, I think, if I remember correctly. <laughs> This is just your accent every time you read the that's Amazon true it's, it's not even an accent it's just a, i don't know it's a problem i have it's yeah you uh, are. that's true that's true uh, but i i really dug the innkeepers last week i'm the one that was super positive on that episode and was really digging it the second time watching uh you guys missed v- video right now laura's shaking her head um uh, but uh 
But uh, did you, have you guys? So you guys haven't watched it again, right? You haven't I haven't. It but I, Rob, I will say that your uh, your argument was was fairly convincing and compelling mm-hmm. to watch it again. And I originally was going to go a little bit lower on my, on my rating of it, but um, I am so up to watching that movie again. Oh, for okay. sure. With for different sure. eyes. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I'm super excited. I'm going to keep asking every week uh, if you've watched it again. It's going to become the new invitation uh, for oh. Greg, you know, when that's ever going to happen. But, uh, you know, we got to got a shout out for Kelly. I uh, got to get that ratings up, I think. Um, so speaking of this week, like I said, we're doing Pick Your Poison, Spice Up Your Mind is the episode title. This is Greg's Pick Your Poison pick. Uh, so, Greg, why did you choose this? Yeah, I, I came up with this idea because, you know, we've been talking about dreams. Um off and on throughout the podcast when you watch scary movies you know i feel like sometimes uh some of the imagery makes its way into your dreams um sometimes not but dreams are a very mysterious element of our lives and i feel like we don't really comprehend them that well um and it's interesting to know you know what they mean and and you know what about them and there have been a lot of movies that try to explore the the limits of what dreams can do and what they mean. Um, we watched, you know, this, this animated movie Paprika leading up to this. Um, you know, we're not going to really review it in depth like we would traditionally, uh, the movies that we've watched, but it definitely gave us something to think about, you know, leading up to this, uh, this interview with, with Lainey. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. No, it's, it's a super great idea. It's something we've talked about. I feel like since day one of this podcast, I feel like in our intro, maybe you guys were mentioning your dreams and stuff like that. And I was like, Oh my God, we got to get somebody on to analyze them because they're super crazy. Um, so I'm super Mm -hmm. excited to get to get to the interview in a little bit. Uh, but before we get to that, let's do our horror segment of the week real fast. Let me get the drop going here. All right, we got a question this week. Question, and this is more pertaining to the movie we watched, uh, Paprika, uh, which I don't know if anybody listening, we I don't, did we really didn't say like you had to watch the movie though, right, Greg? No, no. Yeah, we didn't say anybody you had to watch the movie because we're not really reviewing the movie, but I would say highly recommend watching the movie. It's super fucked up and weird and goes into dreams and stuff. And just being anime and, and stuff like that, something we don't normally talk about. I thought it was super cool for Greg to bring that up as well. Um, so this question kind of goes a little bit more with that in, 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 you know, in detail. Um, so the question is, if you had to enter one horror or horrorish villains characters dreams, what character are you picking and why? And like I said, this more has to do with the movie a bit because in the movie, they're entering a person's dreams and kind of experiencing and living through the dreams. So it's not just like you get to go in the dream and see what's going on. You're like having to live through it a bit. Oh, um, man. So, yeah, <laughs> nice so, caveat, Ron. Yeah, you yeah. just ruined Laura's answer. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Did, you ruined my answer. <laughs> so with that with that in mind, uh, Laura, uh, what, what, who, what character did you pick? Well, okay. Before I give the actual answer to your question, I will say before you explain that we had to experience and kind of live within the dream (laughs) i totally picked pennywise because i would love to just sit and watch pennywise's dreams like to me that would probably be the best horror movie just to be able Mm. to watch what he's dreaming about it'll be like a fucked up circus i mean wow more than that he's so entertaining okay (laughs) but i probably wouldn't survive that dream (laughs) that sounds uh, horrifying um you know what, then I'm going to go the cop out route. Then I'm going to go Michael Myers because they always describe him as just there's nothing. There's nothing. Oh, it's just blackness. So I am actually going to assume that he does not dream because he isn't human. Wow. Okay. He's a he's an android, right? That's <laughs> a cop. Yeah, he's an, he's an android. <laughs> no. 
<laughs> Androids oh, don't dream, right? Laura, you're right. Yeah, that's true. I walked myself into that one, didn't I? <laughs> oh, yeah. that's funny. But that's scary, though. You talking about like, you know, he doesn't have dreams because he's so much of a like a psychopath or like insane or it's just like an empty vessel. Laura, you know? I don't think just you want that. I think I think you're standing in an you know infinite void of darkness where there's nothing in any direction. That sounds like the most terrifying nightmare of all. Well, mm. shit. When you say it that way, yeah, I'm horrified. Should I pick a different answer? I mean, no, I think that's good. No, no, no I think that's good. Yeah. No, I think that's good. I was just gonna say like that's fucked up for me because I don't dream. So does that mean I'm an empty void? <laughs> You're an android. No, no I'm comment. An, I'm an android. Yeah. Would I rather be an android or an empty void? Okay, that's a Twitter poll I'm gonna put out there for no <laughs> reference. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome. Uh, but then, oh though, those, those are good. I like that, Laura. Good picks, good picks. Uh, what about you, Greg? What character are you picking? Okay, I, I'm also going to give a runner-up answer and then my real one too. Um, mm-hmm. I think one of them. So that my cop-out answer is I'm going to I'm going to say Cujo the dog, <laughs> just because I feel like he he's going to be dreaming of just you know doggy things. You know, all they care about is you know grass and um, you know maybe chasing a cat. I don't know, but you know. <laughs> bowl of water or some kibble and bits or something like that. I think that's what Cujo's dreaming about. He's dreaming about ripping you to shreds, Greg. Oh, well, I don't know. Maybe. I, I feel like I could befriend him uh, and, and succeed there. And, you, you, could, know, you could befriend an animal that has like legit rabies. Yeah, he'll just be my nice little rabies dog uh, <laughs> and it'll be everything will be all good. So that's that's my uh, my runner up pick. But my actual answer is going to be um, the Mothman. So I figured, <laughs> figured like the Mothman dreams of the future. And I think that would be so cool to see, have the, have the power of foresight to, to see what's Ooh, going on. Know. Although, you know, to be honest with you, a lot of it is, is very tragic foresight, yeah. which, yeah. you know, but Hey, it's I, to take it to the selfish route, which I always do. It's not <laughs> happening to me. Oh, Shit. he was on my like runner up list i saw it and i was like okay mothman but i'm like he i think like you said greg, uh, greg he only dreams about fucked up events so like i wouldn't want to be like that's too fucked up yeah he's not telling you the future like um yeah. you know what who's gonna win the next nba championship he's like telling you like <laughs> how many people are gonna die in the next uh, major catastrophe you're right yeah hmm. still he's my number one. Oh wow not many, not many good answers to choose from, though. You know that. Oh yeah, yeah. I feel like you'd have better luck with Cujo. I think that would actually be a better answer. I'd rather go with Cujo. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, for for me, uh, for me, I do have I do have two as well, and I can't really decide, so I might as well just. What's wrong say, with us? <laughs> I kind of might as well just say both, and uh, you guys can like help me decide which one might be less worse. I guess would be the answer. Uh, so one of them I thought uh, both of them are from uh, episodes we've reviewed before. So one was from episode twenty, Midsomar. I would pick like the village itself. So like the village, they were very communal. They have communal feelings. Mm-hmm. I think feel like I could have a communal dream, and I can just be in their dream. So you want an orgy? Well, I was gonna say, you want a murderous orgy. <laughs> well, I was, I was going to say they're either usually like having an orgy or they're doing drugs. So I feel like that might be a decent yeah, dream. I feel like a dream on, on hallucinogens or, or psychedelics would be pretty amazing. Yeah. It's not yeah. a bad pick, Rob. Maybe at one point that house that's doing the other house doggy style will come to life and start <laughs> really rocking about so I can view that or something or, you know, I don't know. So, so that was one of my picks, Laura shaking her head right now. Uh, that was one of my picks. Uh, my other one was, uh, from episode 14, killer clowns from outer space. So go into like the killer clowns dream world, which I think would be kind of fun. There's popcorn, candy, you know, like a carnival going on. There's clowns with boobs, 
you know, stuff like that's, that. Those are actual clowns that I think I can get on board with. I don't know about some of the other clowns that some other people might pick for their <laughs> for their dream choice, but mm-hmm. <laughs> killer clowns, maybe. For some reason, in my mind, I was thinking that Pennywise, when he has dreams, he's dreaming in like a killer clown lens. Like that's what mm. his dreams look like. They're like scary clown, but silly. Interesting. Hmm. It's I don't possible. Know, I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know. We'll have to ask. Uh, we we'll have to ask Lainey about that. Um, we, yes. we talk to her. Yeah. One of the questions: <laughs> Killer clowns or, or or Pennywise? What do you choose? Uh, yeah. Well, good answers, you guys. Good answers. I like it. If anybody wants to email us in uh, their answers, you can email us conjecturingpod at gmail or Twitter, Instagram at conjecturingpod, or leave us a voicemail. Podpage.com slash conjecturingpod. Uh, so now it's time to get to like a little bit of the opening here. Uh, it's time to spice up our mind a bit. Uh, we're going to do a little bit of the paprika talk here kind of leading into the interview. Um, so Greg, do you kind of want to talk about kind of like what led you into picking this movie more or less? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, you know, the main factor that I, that made me think about it was we, you know, the, the movies that we've watched have all been live action. We have not watched an animated movie yet. Which is interesting, and I, I've always I, I've been wanting to ask you guys about that in terms of um, does the animated movie platform actually make for good horror or thrills or suspense? And I, you know, part of my mind thinks that it doesn't because I, I actually watched several animated movies um, over the last month, thinking we might do one pretty soon, and none of them really seem to fit the bill of horror. And I and I have sort of come to the conclusion that there really aren't any out there, which I, you know, um, that really fit what a horror movie is. And, you know, I'm still looking, but, um, this one happened to come up and, um, you know, it was, it was kind of suspenseful and thrilling. And of course it has all to do with, with dreams and the dream state. So, um, you know, kind of fitting into the, to the theme of this pick your poison. I thought it was just the perfect movie to watch. Yeah, yeah, nice. It's definitely the perfect movie to watch. Yeah, because I was going to ask you, Greg, like, had you heard about this movie before? Did you research online, like, dream anime movies? Like, how did you find this specific one? No, I found it um, by accident. I was actually just looking at lists of qu- just quality anime mo- anime movies. Hmm. And I think you guys can agree that the quality is, is pretty well. Like, the, oh, the, yeah. the animation is done it's it's um it's it's very detailed it's very animated very it's very intense and and strange at times um and this kind of like floated to the top of the list and i just happened to watch it and it was um just sort of all about uh, all about dreams wow yeah for anybody listening this is a 2006 uh movie so 2006 i think i rented it on amazon for like mm-hmm. four bucks or something like that um but yeah I, like i said i would highly recommend anybody watching it or to watch it it's just super interesting and really really well done uh what about you Laura? what did you think of the movie itself did you have any dreams i i surprisingly did not have any dreams after um yeah i would say this movie kind of hard to understand at first you have to really think about it it really helped me to uh kind of sit and think about all the different plot lines that were happening and, you know, take them and separate them and just kind of think about what was happening with each plot line, which really, I'm sure we'll get into this, is similar to analyzing a dream. There's so many weird Mm. things happening in a dream that you kind of have to take things and separate them to try to understand it. Um, Yeah, for me, this movie was just like such an experience. It was just so crazy. It's something that... Whether you understand it or not, it's worth the experience of watching it. And yeah, I mean, I kind of hope that after we talk to Lainey that I can become my own paprika of my dreams to help <laughs> oh, me like understand mm-hmm. 
Right. Spice up your mind. Yeah. Nice. Exactly. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. That was one thing like this. I, I watched it twice originally when I, I first saw it in, you know, before recommending it. And then again, leading up to this episode, I have to say, you know, what you mentioned, Laura, about it being kind of confusing is, is really that was my experience the first time around. It didn't make sense. Mm-hmm. It was really wild. And I think that's kind of the intention. You know, I, I've read that the, um, the, the director, you know, is a fan of rewatchability and not understanding the first, you know, um, a film the first time around. Mm-hmm. And that was definitely my experience watching it again was I, I really had a, a deeper appreciation. Once, once I understood all the plot lines and what it all meant, at least to the best of my abilities, it was much more enjoyable the, the second mm-hmm. time around. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we're not going to really like review the movie, I think much farther than that, but I did want to read like what the movie is about for anybody listening that might want to check it out. Uh, so just here's a little like synopsis of what somebody put up. This is a, so it says, uh, Dr. Atsuko works as a scientist by day and under the code name Paprika is a dream detective at night. Atsuko and her colleagues are working on a device called the DC mini, which is intended to help psychiatric patients, but in the wrong hands, it could destroy people's minds. When a prototype is stolen, Atsuko Paprika uh, springs into action to recover it before damage is done. So that's kind of a sy- little synopsis of like what the movie is. Like I said, it's more like a like a thriller. There's like a detective involved and this and that, and there's like a, a mystery of like a you know, stuff was stolen. But really, like the imagery is just so fucking crazy. This really reminds me of like the way I feel when I first watched Labyrinth for the first time. Of just like fucked up imagery to me where like things are like moving oddly or going into yeah. each other. And and so like to me, it was it was super jarring. I felt very like uncomfortable watching certain parts of this movie, mm-hmm. uh, which is the like, crazy imagery and the dreams and stuff like that really fucked up. But I, overall, it was actually an entertaining movie yeah. uh, and I actually enjoyed it a lot. You know, for, for anyone who's really interested in watching, um, I think it's good to know that there are different interpretations of dreams and there's different interpretations of what could be uncovered in some of these dreams in this movie. So just know that although it might look like every character is having some kind of almost like a rebirth, that means something different for every character in the movie. That was Mm. something that helped me understand it a little bit better. Yeah. the, the, The different individual meanings of each character in their dreams doesn't mean the same thing. Right. And actually, I feel like that's what we're going to get into with, with Lainey is that, you know, similar to horror, dreams are kind of subjective too, right? Yes. We can interpret Ooh. them in different yeah. ways. Exactly. Like exactly. Perfect segue, Greg. Good job. Uh, so that's it. Let's get to the interview. It's time to pick our poison. Uh, so let's uh, hear the interview now. Today, we welcome our special guest to the podcast, Lainey Dolphin. We are uh, very excited to have you on today. Um, the reason why we're uh, talking about this, or I, rather I came up with this idea for our you know, Pick Your Poison segment, which is uh, where we go into a special subject matter that's away from reviewing movies, which we typically do, um, is that personally, I find that dreams are just so fascinating. I mean, the human mind in general is already fascinating enough, but dreams specifically, I feel like they fall into this realm of things that we generally think we have an idea or understanding of but in reality i think a lot of it is still a mystery um and also the fact that you know you can wake up from a dream and it's like someone just implanted a memory or a movie in your head without asking it's it's such a it's a weird idea to me and it, it it feels like you don't have any kind of control over that experience so that in itself is also fascinating i mean you know thinking about what's going on in the background of our minds without our 
consent, if you will. <laughs> it's just so interesting. Um, and of course, being a horror-ish you know, podcast where we review horror movies, dreams definitely have some role to play in, in how we think and you know, um, our fears and anxieties. So um, just to kind of kick things off, uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, Lainey? What, what got you studying and exploring dreams? And do you have some kind of special history with dreams growing up? I do have a very special history with dreams. Um, I am uh, 69 years old. Finally waited to say I'm 69. <laughs> and here I am. And yes. so, uh, but, and I'm very happily married to a very sweet guy who's got a temper, but a very sweet guy. And um, when I was just turned uh, 21, like two weeks after my 21st birthday, I gave birth to my first daughter, Tina, who was born with Down syndrome. And I want to say that it's not so much that I went to the dreams as much as dreams came to me because I'm a person who has incredible dream recall. And when I was a little girl, it was the my dad who used to come in the middle of the night. He was He was on duty in the middle of the night if one of us had a nightmare. And I didn't have the kind of father who would say, oh, it was just a dream, go back to sleep. Never. He would always sit down on the bed and say, oh, good, you had a nightmare, tell me. And there was a conversation. And then when it was time to go back to sleep, um, he would say, he didn't know this, but he was using Carl Jung's active imagination. But he was saying to me, okay, it's time. You're going to go back to sleep now. And I want you to say to yourself, I'm going to have a nightmare. Bring it on. I'm ready for it. And so that was an incredible. And if you have kids, you guys, that's an incredible tool. Because he, first of all, was pointing to the importance of dreams. He wasn't blowing them off. And he was engaging me. So Back to my crisis when I turned 21, I became depressed. That makes sense that I became depressed. Um, And I ended up in the office of a brilliant Freudian psychoanalyst who had moved to Montreal from New York. And because I wasn't so well able to articulate, I used to go to the sessions with a shrink, always with a dream. And so my initiation to Freud was that I experienced him before I studied him. And then somebody at the university uh, here when I finished psychoanalysis said, if you love Freud, you would love Frederick Pearls. So I went to the Gestalt Counseling and Training Center and I learned how Frederick Pearls looked at dreams. And I'm a thorough kind of personality as you will discover this afternoon. (laughs) Then I said to myself, well, wait a minute, what about Adler? How did he look at dreams? So I went to the Alfred Adler Institute and I did a focus on dream analysis only, also with a New Yorker, Dr. Leo Gold. And then I became a member of the C.G. Jung Society and later the International Association for the Study of Dreams. So you are looking at a very eclectic um, approach to dream analysis. And, um, and, and that's what I'm about. And here's, I wanna just say the most important things that I have learned. I'll just start us out of the gate. A dream is just a conversation. 
Dreaming is just thinking. There's no magic there. And the, we, the only difference between the way we speak to ourselves during the day and the way we speak to ourselves at night is during the day you're totally distracted. The lights are on. I'm speaking to you. You're on the air. The phones are ringing. You have appointments to make and emails to do. And you, you are distracted. And when you go to sleep tonight, all the distractions disappear and you actually get to see what you're thinking. And so the thing that's also cool is that if there's five or 10 or 15,000 things that happened to you today, which there is, if you include every time the phone rang, every time you went to the washroom, every single conversation you had with each different person, a lot of things happen to you, but when you go to sleep tonight, your unconscious is going to prioritize exactly how your conscious prioritizes. When you get up in the morning, you prioritize what you have to do for the day. And when you go to sleep at night, you prioritize the one thing that's bugging you the most. Mm -hmm. And all of your dreams tonight, they might seem different, but they're not. They are you discussing the same subject with yourself until you figure out, and that's what I'm here to help with, what a solution looks like when it comes in the form of a metaphor. Because really, that's what I'm doing. I'm teaching you the language of metaphor so that you can understand what the heck you were saying to yourself <laughs> when you had that crazy dream last night. That's what I do. Interesting. Dang. I feel like I feel like that's the whole the episode right there. Like I don't even know if I we know can, my mind's already blown. <laughs> yeah, that's so awesome. Oh yeah, just wait. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. That's crazy. Uh Laura, do you have a question or a follow-up or just uh are you okay? You're gonna come off the floor? <laughs> so I guess I mean one of my biggest questions really, which I think you already answered, was that you, you know, I always thought that sure there was some you know, reason for a dream. But I always thought that sometimes it is truly just fiction. No. So in your experience, it's just, it's never, never fiction. Not only is it never fiction, but I have never once in the whole 49 years, I have never once heard a dreamer still think that their nightmare is a nightmare once they understood what they were saying to themselves. And I'll tell you also another thing about me is I love going deep, obviously. If I love Freud, I like going deep, but uh, not, not at first. I'm a first things first kind of girl. And I wanna know always with a dreamer, what situation in your waking life did, you, did, uh, did it either happen to you yesterday or you thought about it yesterday? What is the situation this week that triggered this morning's dream? And there are six, I call them points of entry that you can use to uncover why you had that dream. And um, you, uh, you could choose any point of entry you want, by the way, and it's always going to get you somewhere. It may not get you to the same place, but it's always going to get you somewhere good. And those six points of entry are the feelings, the action, so the feelings is like, how did I feel in the dream? Well, I felt scared. Well, then you come outside the dream. What's happening in your waking life these days that's making you feel 
a little bit anxious. I'm, I'm never going to ask a dreamer, what's making you very afraid? Because chances are excellent. The dreamer is not facing what's making them, uh, what's making them afraid. Right. They're not going to, they're not going to get that. And that's the reason why you get a nightmare. That's so scary. It's because we are self-regulating organisms and if something is worrying you and frightening you a little bit, but you're not talking about it during the day, I promise you, you're going to get that nightmare. And so the nightmare is going to be very scary because it's trying to tap you in to the fact that you're feeling a little bit afraid. And that way it, it encourages you to talk about whatever it is an action very quickly is I was trying to run, but my feet weren't working. And play on words and puns are my favorite because we are constantly doing that in our dreams. So if you say to one of your kids, which you shouldn't say to them, but anyway, if you say to one of your kids, get over here, I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> or if I say to you, I did so much shopping today that when Andrew finds out what I spent, he's going to kill me. So if you talk like that, you might go to sleep tonight and dream that somebody's trying to kill you or that you're trying to kill somebody. And really, you're just processing, right. you know, so yeah. and I, I'm going to tell you a dream in a minute where you really can see puns and play on words. Or another favorite is a woman who said, there were snakes all over the floor. I couldn't put my foot down. And I said, why? Who are you having trouble putting your foot down with? <laughs> nice. So uh, when a dreamer is talking, I'm writing like a maniac because I want to catch the dreamer's language, not my language. I don't want my database or my dictionary that is as unique as my fingerprint. I don't want to access my language I want to get the language of the dreamer. And uh, so just to finish, then there's the symbols and metaphors, which are all the people, places, and things in the dream, the repetition, and the plot. The plot is also one of my favorites. And repetition, if you remember in school, read it, write it, recite it. Read it, write it, recite it. That's how we learn. And your dreams also repeat themselves. So like, for example, um, I'm more a radio personality. I, I just love the radio and I've been doing it for years. And uh, I love it because I could be talking to over a million people in Chicago and I'm in my pajamas at my desk. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and after um, my first book came out, I was booked on uh, Good Day New York in New York City and I had never been on TV before. And leading up to um, like during the Christmas holidays, because I was going in January, one night I dreamt about a ghost. What does that mean? It means I'm scared. Later on, I dreamt that I was standing on the abyss of a cliff. And what does that mean? It means I'm scared. And then in the morning before I woke up, I dreamt about my grade five teacher. And what does that mean? It means I'm scared. So I'm using three completely different images, but when you deconstruct the image, I'm saying I'm scared, I'm scared, I'm scared, I'm repeating myself. 
Yeah. And it's my unconscious begging me to talk about the fact that I'm feeling nervous about going to be on TV. Wow. wow. That's great. Cause that, that, that brings me to like my question of like, I, I was going into this and I was going to ask you, you know, is there like a, you know, like a common dream trope that almost everybody has in their dreams. And I was thinking more literally of like, everybody's being chased by somebody or everybody is like, you know, falling off a building, but you're saying more or less like, everybody has the same trope more or less but it's all like what they're feeling everybody's feeling scared everybody's feeling maybe insecure everybody's feeling you know happy about something and that just manifested a different way in different people's minds because what they did that day led up to it is that what you're saying that's right and also how are you problem solving and um i want to dip deep for a minute because if i dip deep then uh, you will have the backdrop of what I'm doing, why I'm doing it, you'll have it all. Um, and so when we are born, we come into the world whole. We arrive with a plethora of potential, I call it. So we could be shy, we can be assertive, maybe a hero, maybe a chicken, maybe you are uh, always the person initiating, and maybe you're the one who's always on the receiving end of the invitation. Maybe you were the comedian in the family. Maybe you're the person who was more serious. So we come in with everything. And the people that bring us up teach us that it's better to be one way than another way. And so we become what I call over-exercised in some aspects of our personality and under-exercised in others. And our under-exercised parts are like what Carl Jung called our shadows. And for me, there, you know, in dealing with me, you will discover quickly, there's no such thing as good or bad or right or wrong. What there is for me is appropriateness. Am I responding to today's situation or today's person in the most appropriate way? Because I don't wanna necessarily fall back on my knee jerk reaction because it might not be appropriate to the situation. Like um, I often use myself as an example. I was uh, brought up by European parents. My, my mother was actually a Montrealer. So she wasn't a European, but I don't care because she was brought up by Europeans. And my father was a European from Romania, no less. And so he would have taken the shirt off his back for you. But what a temper he had. So in the house that I grew up in, if my father was yelling at me, I could not look at him and use my voice and say, I don't really like how you're talking to me right now, because <laughs> that would have been considered very disrespectful and I would have landed up in my room. So I became under-exercised in speaking up and over-exercised in shutting up. And if I have a meeting with my bank manager, and I don't really like his tone of voice, my knee-jerk response from when I was a child fits. I'm going to stay quiet because I want to borrow money from the guy. So I'm not going to get into a big deal with him. But if my husband, Andy, who is, you know, also like my dad, you know, at least 29 years ago anyway, had such a big mouth, I don't want to stand there 
shaking in my boots like he's my dad because it's a completely inappropriate response. The guy is my equal and I need to be able to have my voice. So 29 years ago, when I was turning 40, I was also studying at the Adler Institute. And one day, Andy had an argument with me. He was aggravated and he raised his voice at me and I said nothing. But when I went to sleep, I dreamt about an aunt of mine who at that time had already been dead for like 15 years. But using a symbol's point of entry, I asked myself very quickly, what, are, what comes to my mind when I think about her? What's the first thing that comes to my mind? And the first thing is that she had the biggest mouth of anybody I ever met. So because I'm saying nothing, my unconscious is going to appear in the night with the person who I think is the most assertive person I ever met in my life. Because not because I'm going to turn into her overnight. I'm not here to say that change is easy. I am here to say that change is possible. And because I understood the metaphor of her appearance in the dream, um, I knew I needed to access my voice. So the following morning, I call it the, my first time in the gym because I'm exercising a muscle that's not, not uh, accustomed to being used. And so I took the message of the dream and I said to Andy, I don't like how you talked to me last night. If you raise your voice at me like that, I feel like I'm a kid with my dad. Could you please not do that? So if we wanna call that my first time in the gym, what are we gonna say about me now? 29 years later, I can assure you, I'm not worried about saying something to my brother, to my sisters, to anybody. And yeah. Andy, uh, you know, Andy, for it probably took about three or four years. And uh, he doesn't raise his voice to me like ever, mm -hmm. because he knows he's going to get it back. <laughs> and so, you know, you, we have we are powerless over changing somebody else. But we have all the power to change yourself. And once you change, everybody around you changes because their expectation of what is possible from you gets like completely screwed up because you're not always with your knee jerk reaction anymore. Mm -hmm. And so I'll tell you that the reason I do this is because my gift to all of you and anybody who I teach dream analysis to is to give you a huge bag of responses, choice, power, so that you are not stuck with your knee-jerk, over-exercised part when you are responding to situations in your life. It almost sounds like what you're saying is that dreams in 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 your you know in your field have a very specific purpose. There's no coincidence. There's no junk ideas, no random thoughts. When when you're dreaming, there is a specific reason that you're seeing and experiencing. What, you, what you're seeing, would you say that that is the power of dreams, um, which is to transform yourself in your waking life in yes, some way? That's my niche. But that doesn't mean that that's the only thing that's going on. Mm. Because if I dream, if you ask me, um, what do I think about my father? I would say to you that he represents that business 
side of myself. He's my male business side. Whereas my mom is my maternal motherly side that has the four daughters, the three granddaughters, the son-in-laws like that. That's my mother's, uh, that she, that part of me would appear as my mother in the dream. And if I have to go on a business trip and leave the kids, then I might dream about my father because I need to access my potential to be the business person. But how do you and I know that my father is not also visiting me? He probably is. So there's, and, and we have ESP. And sometimes you are solving a problem that's bothering you this week, but you may use a memory from the future. <laughs> you use memories from the past, the present, and sometimes even the future in order to problem solve something that's bugging you this week. So priority wise, th- th- this is what I'm really interested in is we, you mentioned priorities and bug things that are bugging us this week. When a person has a dream or a nightmare, and maybe we can distinguish the difference between those, but when they experience these, um, you know, these things while they're sleeping, is it safe to say that you shouldn't be worried about tying a meaning to that, to something that doesn't matter, like a, a leaky faucet or something that happened in the past many, many years ago, which doesn't apply to the urgency of today? Is it always just the most important thing that's happening now? So sophisticated, it will blow you away. How the, how the, uh, uh, the web, I call it a web, but it's kind of like um, a motherboard because every single memory and association that you have ever had since you're born is all there in your unique unconscious mind, which is cannot be the same as anybody else's because it's every single memory and association. So I'm not gonna talk about a cat in exactly the same way you are because maybe you got scratched by a cat when you were three and Laura is going to have another opinion, and yep. so is Rob. And each of us are going to have our own memories and associations. You cannot look it up in a book. That's the reason why I wrote my book. And it, mm. it's funny because I just, uh, two days ago, um, my uh, article in Psychology Today is about teeth falling out. And I gave three different dreamers who all had the same dream about their teeth falling out. Yeah, I've had that one. For absolutely, completely different reasons. Like one guy said, when I asked him about teeth, he said, it's something that's inevitable because it happens to all of us when we're six or seven years old. And it's something that you have no control over. And he was dreaming about his teeth falling out because he knew somewhere inside that his wife was about to reach for a divorce. And it was something that he had no control over and it was the inevitable. So he saw it coming, but he wasn't looking at it in his waking life. So you have to imagine that when when your teeth fall out. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna say, it wasn't like you just wanted to bite her. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, if they're going through a divorce. (laughs) Now you kind of told us, Rob. Uh Uh-oh, uh-oh. No, I mean it because if you're knee jerk, you know, you that you want to listen to that because this is also a wide exercise of respecting 
how individual each of us are, especially during these times, because dream analysis is the antithesis of groupthink. This is the act of realizing and appreciating how unique all of us are. And I, yes. I think it's kind of time, mm-hmm. at, least in, at least in North America, it's a good time to um, uh, respect and appreciate our, our differences and how wonderful and miraculous that is. Mm, well said, well said. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Greg, I'm sorry I cut you off. Did you want to ask something, Greg? Oh, no, it was just with regard to the to the teeth falling out thing. And it just made me think that I've had that dream before. And one thing, well, one thing people would tell me is that it means someone's going to die in the next week or something. But oh, I don't yeah. know how you feel about that. But <laughs> I've, I remember feeling. But I want to just tell you, I want to tell you, if you dream that teeth are falling out, because mm-hmm. you just told us about your dictionary. So it means that if you dream that teeth are falling out. So in other words, if you have an aunt or an uncle or somebody and something inside you could see in their eyes or maybe the way they wa- they're walking, it might not, you're, I'm not talking about your conscious. I'm saying that your unconscious is picking up so much more than you are consciously. And if you see there's a bit of a difference in the person's eyes or how they're walking and you feel inside yourself that that person is not is not doing well then you might dream about teeth falling out because you just told us that for you it could mean that somebody is sick because somebody once told you that yeah that makes a lot of sense yeah wow okay so you want to hear a great dream yeah sure i want to tell you my favorite dream it's not my dream but it's my favorite and it shows you just in one picture, what what the heck is going on here? So this woman, she dreams that she's got a brand new puppy and she is so excited about the puppy and he's so brand new and adorable. She wants to see him eye to eye. So she puts the puppy up on the table in front of her so that she's actually looking right into his face. And all of a sudden, the puppy shits all (laughs) over the table. And all over her <laughs> arms, it's a big mess. Oh, that's great. <laughs> and so I am looking at the feelings and the plot when I heard the dream. And I asked the dreamer, what do you think happened in the last couple of days? Some kind of situation that started out new and so happy. And all of a sudden, it took a really rotten turn for the worst. And she said immediately, she got it immediately. She said, it's the job. I got a brand new job and I've only been there for three days, but I already know the boss is a really abusive guy and he's shitting all over everybody. Mm -hmm. So now we know why the puppy. And I want you to see what a situation looks like and what the dream looks like, because it's a perfect mirror each and every time every time a perfect mirror and it's only a matter of you finding the mirror and so I have um, I think it's nine different ways that you can find a solution my personal favorite is to take the dream as it is out into waking life and make a decision how you would handle it in waking life so I asked her 
if you really had a brand new puppy and you really put him on the table and he really shit all over the place, what would you do? And she said, well, the first thing I would do is take him off the table. <laughs> and I said, what does that mean for you? Take it off the table. Oh, right. Do you want to guess what it means? Maybe uh, the, the, the job offer, take it off the table. Somehow. That's right. She. That's right. Bravo. She <laughs> said, well, when something's off the table for me, I'm done. It's right. not negotiable. If it's off the table, I'm not doing that anymore. And that's what happened. She left my session and she quit the job. That's fascinating. Wow. Um, see, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm so glad you told that story now, because if I ever have a dream where a dog shits on the table, I'd be like, I'm not getting a dog. I'm just never going to get a dog. So that's what it means. So, so now, now I know I can get a dog. I just got to quit my job. So that's a, that's good. I like that. I like yeah. That. Well, you want to look, what was the dog up to? What was he up to? That's true. Yeah. I like that. And what was it a shih tzu? Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I had to, I had to play on words. You're getting it. There you go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, Laura, do you want to ask a question, Laura? Do you have a question you want to ask? Oh man. I feel like I just, uh, I kind of want to jump right into one of my dreams. And I actually told Rob and Greg this dream. I wasn't even going to bring this dream up, but I told them about it the other night when we were doing a different recording because I had just had it and I was so sickened by it. And they were trying to help me figure out what it meant. And I think I've already figured out what it meant just in our conversation, <laughs> like, like a light bulb. I understand now, but I don't, I, I don't know. I it's it's getting to that. What do you let, do? About let the it? expert decide, Laura. Let the expert decide. Okay. A few weeks ago, I had a horrifying nightmare. This is awful. This is one of the worst ones I've ever had. That I was driving on a bridge. I live in Northern California. There's lots of bridges. Um, and as I was driving, I came up on a. There's a bunch of cop cars stopped, and they said that there was a horrific horrific, tragic accident. And there was probably thousands of dead bodies on the bridge. Oh my God. And I'm not saying just dead bodies. I mean, torn apart, a foot here, a head here. And because it was so tragic and we were all on the bridge, they said that it was going to take hours to days to get it cleared out. So because I was in my car on the bridge myself, not just me, other people too in their cars, needed to go ahead and just drive over all of the dead bodies and body parts to get off the bridge because it was the only way. And in this moment, I am feeling every bump, seeing it all Oof. as I drive over it. And when I told these guys about it, I said, I think it's just because we've been watching scary movies, maybe and seeing a lot more gore. And they were they were saying, oh, well, maybe it's like you needed to cross some kind of bridge. But you know what I just realized? I have been extremely, I think me and most people, upset at the social injustice happening in our world right now. And it's something that I worry about, but I don't let myself think about a lot during the day because I'm very privileged. I get to just kind of go do my job, work from home. And right. I almost feel like this is a light bulb for me that so much horrible things are happening out there right now, but I am privileged. I got to drive my car right on over and pass through. And that is something I'm not okay with. Well, I wanted to say, if you could just put all that away for a minute, mm -hmm. because I'm, I'm going to try and see if you could hone in on something quite more personal. Mm. 
Okay. But I do accept, <laughs> but I do accept what you said because I, I think that, should you I, know, sh should I add like a wrong buzzer right now in the audio? I could do like a wrong buzzer. <laughs> well, for this, I, I gotta tell you though, this thought the, was not the price in my is right head, but ba -dum, ba -dum. I think it's when you said the feeling and then also the metaphors, I was like, well, that feeling. And then that's when the light bulb went off. I was like, that's the feeling. You mean about the injustice in the world. Yes. And, and I will, and I absolutely positively accept that, but I have a but, uh -oh. <laughs> but you're just a step, you're just a step deeper than where I'm going to go. Because okay. I'm looking first for the surface that triggered, uh, that triggered the dream. And I would say this, um, that I, and I said earlier, I believe that we are self-regulating organisms mm -hmm. and, and we are. And the best example is when you have to pee. You can hold it in, hold it in, hold it in. And at a certain point, you can't hold it in anymore. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and so because we don't like looking at things in our waking life, which is not a judgment, mm -hmm. it's a fact right. about humans and our conscious mind, it wants to sweep and avoid. I would be looking for something in my waking life that had me feeling a little bit torn apart Oof. oh torn apart hmm. torn apart. and when did you have the dream about a week ago you said i think it was maybe two weeks ago about two weeks but ago you should yeah. be able to give me a good guess about some kind of situation where you had to you had to get over it literally walk through it get to the other side i like what your friends here your uh, co-workers told you about the bridge. I like the bridge. So the, the question is, um, that's what the question is, because if you can name, um, and it won't be a horrific situation, your dream was a horrific situation, right. because the actual situation is not so, so terrible, but the point is you're not talking about it mm -hmm. or, what more importantly, you're not addressing how you feel inside about something you're feeling a little bit torn apart about because you use that language. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's funny. I, I, I know like, uh, <laughs> like off, off the pod here and everything like that, you know, like Laura is friends with us, me and Greg on the podcast, but then she's also friends with our, our wives. And, and I know oh. she has to battle, she has to battle with that. Like who's more friends now it. and this and that. So maybe that's it. Maybe it's the, it's the pull. Yeah. I think I figured it out. <laughs> no, but you, that was, but what you're really doing is you gave us a projection based on Rob, his upbringing, where he comes from, what he would need, what you would, you would get a dream like that if you were in between mm. um, couples or stuff That's like that. But yeah. I got to tell you, oh my God, do I ever connect to what you said? And the question is, does Laura, because <laughs> if you're hearing from the wives <laughs> And you're also hearing from the husbands and work with them. Mm -hmm. That that could be that could be a bridge long and wide. Yeah. This is really bizarre because I had a Zoom date with with the wives, we'll call them, last night. And I totally last night, it was not a nightmare, had a dream with both of you. 
Greg and Rob and the wives. And in the dream, nothing made sense. It was like everyone was walking around and I couldn't keep track of anybody and I kept losing everybody. And now I'm wondering if talking to them last night and then knowing that we were going to record today, if I almost felt a little. It's not that same feeling. It's like a discombobulated, like, wait, which direction am I going? Where, where, hmm. who, where, are, yes, you and where are you going? Yes, <laughs> this is what you did in your, in your horrifying dream. Also, you, it was also same thing different picture. It's like a ghost or my grade five teacher, but you're also working through the same kind of thing because you're using language even now, discombobulated. Mm -hmm. yeah. that, and that's kind of what was going on in the dream with all the different body parts. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Look at that, yeah, Rob. Yeah. Rob's yep. a dream <laughs> analyst too, apparently. Oh, no. <laughs> I just know I want you to choose us. That's all I care about. Yeah, yeah but... The most, the, the biggest important thing about your dream is how you said you're feeling torn apart. You, what well, you didn't say you're feeling torn apart, but the people are torn apart and you're making a comment about how you're feeling. Mm -hmm. Yes. That's what it is. Exactly. Does every symbol have to be assigned to something? So could we say, well, Laura, what does the bridge mean? What do the people mean? Who are the people that you're ro rolling over? What is the purpose of getting, why do you have to get across the bridge? Does everything have to have an explicit, uh, you know, correlative meaning from, but, the, from the dream symbols? And you just gave us the answer, the solution <laughs> to that nightmare, by the way. You, you, she has to go over the bridge. There's no other way. Right. So if you're trying to avoid getting over whatever it is that's making you feel torn apart. But I think um, the most important thing is to say out loud, I feel torn apart and say whatever it is that's making you feel torn apart. And that is what's gonna help you over the bridge. Wow. Just, just, just Ooh. like verbalizing it and accepting it, and like you know, before you go to sleep the next night, uh, of of leaning into it more than just being like, I don't want to think about that dream I had. Right. No, no but more you do want to think about the dream because you want to think about where's the mirror, what's going on in my waking life that's making me feel in a similar way, and that's why I felt like you nailed it. I mean, it's cheating a little bit because you know, Laura. So, you know, the yeah. stuff that's going on in her life, that's true. But that makes it just even easier and more fun, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Well, these, these uh, guys, oh, yeah. remember oh. if you take that dream, like we did with the dog, with the puppy, if you take that dream out to your waking life, would you, Laura, be going over a bridge with a bunch of broken bodies and a huge accident? Would you be going over that bridge silently? I, I would, I would be like, I'm not driving over them. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll be stuck here all night. That's fine. <laughs> and that's the solution. It would be to take that. I'm not doing this. Mm -hmm. I don't want to do this. You would be taking that outside to your waking life and tell these guys here, don't talk to me about your wives because your wives are my friends. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, that would be you getting verbalizing, which is what you would do if you saw a tragic accident. Wow. You would make a decision about how far you're willing to go and what are your boundaries. And that's the way you're going to get over the bridge and you won't feel torn apart anymore. Wow. 
Yeah. Just, just don't chop my head off, Laura. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. And it is these kind of relationships. They do require navigation. They do. Mm-hmm. When you're working with somebody like all the time and plus you're friends with their wives. So there's obviously some navigating that needs to happen mm-hmm. along the way. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're yeah. definitely lucky to have her just like we're lucky to have you on the podcast today. Um, yeah. You, you know, sure. great information. But I, I really want to go to Greg now. I know he has some really messed up dreams. Yeah. <laughs> I know we got, I mean, Laura's, I think was pretty, you know, pretty, bad. pretty messed up, but pretty straightforward. Uh, Greg has told me some of his dreams and I'm just like, I don't even know what's going on in your mind, man. Uh, so what do you think, Greg? Did you pick one? Did you pick the best one? I did pick one that has baffled me for a while. And one question, you know, before I, I kind of throw it out there, Lainey, is I, I like how we looked at Laura's dream because we more or less understood or were familiar with the with the current context we know what is happening now what is happening in the background some of our current anxieties that that are plaguing us um you know one thing that people are told to do right and i don't know how effective this is 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 to dream journal which you know you see people when they wake up if they can remember their dreams which is a rare thing because i know that biologically we're, we're not really meant to remember them well um but they'll try to write it down and and i've done this for the, the dream i'm about to say um but one thing i didn't do is write about what else is going on in my life at the time? Is that something that you recommend uh, to kind of have like a, a dual-sided approach to say, well, here's my dream and here's what's happening now yes. while I'm dreaming? That's a perfect thing to do. And I know a lot of people that do that, that uh, just before they go to sleep, they just take small notes of different things that happen today. So that when they get up in the morning, they can sort of look back at uh, what's going on. Okay. But you know what? You know what? If you start talking about your dream, which is what your dream wants, the dreams want to make for a, a more continuous and better conversation between the unconscious and the conscious. And once you start looking at the dreams, now that you know what the dream looks like when you understand what the problem is, you 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 get it. You get it. Once you know the tools, you start getting right away what this is really about, what's going on, you know? Okay, well, I, I certainly would hope so. <laughs> this so this particular dream, and again, maybe it's a little bit out of place because it happened so long ago, and we're talking about, you know, when I was a, a teenager and I wrote this down, because it, and it has sort of mystified me since, and I, I feel like you probably don't even want to take notes because it's it's kind of ridiculous. But I do, I do take notes oh, and, and they're all relevant. It won't matter. You could still make some sense out of it. Okay. Um, so yeah, this was when I was maybe in my early teens. I'm living with my parents, of course. So in my dream, I'm on this uh, RV road trip with some friends, random friends, co-ed, you know, and we stopped by a Home Depot for some reason. I, I don't know. Do they have Home Depot in Montreal? It's like a hardware store. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And for some reason, there are classes, some type of classes going on inside Home Depot. And we're goofing around. And then we start playing baseball in the aisles of, of Home Depot. And someone throws the ball. Someone pitches it. It gets hit. It sails over one of the aisles. And it you know bounces on some shelves. And it hits uh a lady in the head. So we all hide because we knew that we did something wrong. Me, instead of hiding in the store, I go outside. 
I leave the Home Depot and there's this random girl following me, one of our friends, and I, I don't recognize her in the dream. But the strange thing is, is when we leave the store, it's actually my backyard. So we see people coming outside chasing after us and I don't see any of my friends leaving the store. So then I yell, these are the words, I yell, the fences. I yell, the fences. And we start, we, le- we try to escape my backyard. We start hopping over backyard fences to get away from my house. Somehow I lose the girl. I don't know where she's at. We start hopping over, you know, I, I start hopping over these um, like piles of wood, aluminum, brick. And I look up and there's this dark, ominous sky. It's like black, purplish, there's lightning. And then, you know, I'm maybe on my fifth house that I'm trying to, to jump over the fences. And I look down and there's this absolutely dark backyard. Like I look down where the grass should be and it's pitch black. And I'm still on the fence thinking I can't jump into that pitch black. And then I look up and there's this hanging electrical cable, you know, like hanging over the middle of the yard. And I'm sitting on top of the fence and I'm trying to crouch and hide still. And I hear a noise and I turn and I see my mom. She's taking out the trash in what looks to be maybe my my neighbor's yard. And she looks at me and she goes, you don't know what you're doing. Don't do that. So I don't know why I do it anyway. I jump to the electrical cable. And guess what? When I grab onto it, it's fake. There's, there's no hazard whatsoever. It's essentially just like a rope. And she yells to me, how do you know that's not going to kill you? So I'm just, I'm hanging from the cable, basically ignoring her, you know, please. And um, I start, you know, you start swinging and gaining momentum. And I use that momentum to swing over the dark, the pitch dark yard over the final fence. And when I land and I hit the ground, the whole world just changes. It's, it's daylight. I land in this neighborhood and the feeling, I can't describe the feeling. It's like the colors are very sickly and pale and bright. It's like a very hazy look. Um, and it's absolutely silent. You know, all the homes are pale greens and yellows and reds and browns. And I look over and I see a lady walking in her backyard. But then the first thing I notice when I, when I start to stand up is that all the fences, instead of the, the, the normal fences that I was jumping over, all of these fences are these large plastic blocks about two feet high that you can actually swivel and tip over. And, you know, they, they kind of like bounce back up. And then that's when I notice all of a sudden that all of the people in this neighborhood, there's something wrong with, with them. They have these large, uh, like wide open eyes and they have no legs. They're just kind of like walking, you know, on their, their nubs where their knees are. So I jump to my knees so that I can try to fit in, thinking that if I do that, they will think I'm one of them and I can maybe get used to this new world, right? Um, and then I, I try to jump, you know, hide in the home that's next to me and I see a kid also with no legs, which scares me. And then I run out to the main street in front of my house. And I start again running away from my home property. Right? You're like in 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 all of the different scenes of the dream. The, you're because uh, I'm looking at the action. Yeah. You're always uh, you're always running away. Yes. In the first scene, you don't stay with your friends. You move on. Yes. And even the girl who's trying to follow you, and you take great effort to run to not be to not be present. And that's going to make me want to ask you during that period of your life, because, you know, these long dreams, if you start to break them down, which we're kind of doing already, 
you can see that you're repeating mm. because the plot is the same. You start off with your friends, some kind of trouble happens, you bug off. Then the thing that's in your way is the girl that's following you, following you, but somehow you get managed to get rid of her. And then you move to another scene. And now this time you're getting caught by your mom. And what happens? You go away from her too. Right. So, and that's going to make me want to ask you when you were in your early teens, does that seem right that you were trying to get away? You didn't, did you like the situation in your house around that period of time? It's a good question. Um, you know, maybe I, I feel like it, it was okay. You know, I, I have a, a sister who's a lot younger than I am. And I have a brother who's a couple of years older than I am. I, I feel like maybe at that time, you know, we're in our teens. There was, there was some, uh, some tumult. I mean, there was a lot of arguing because, you know, teenage boys were, were growing, were getting into trouble. It seems like a reasonable dream for a young teenager to have. And the most interesting part for me is how slick you were about, you know, it's like slip out the back, Jack, make a new plan, Stan. You don't need to be coy, Roy. <laughs> Do you think that describes your personality even today? Slick? <laughs> As a... <laughs> I mean, if conflict is happening in your life, you know that expression, fight or flight? Right, yeah. Are you a style of guy that you'd rather stay present and work it out? Or are you the style of person that says, okay, I'm out of here? I think, I think I've changed. I, I would say, yeah, back at that time, um, I was, you know, I, I probably learned to survive situations, whether it was at home or socially by not getting in the way by saying, well, I'm going to avoid that, you know, and I do remember there being a lot of dreams of mine where I'm doing the same thing, jumping over fences in my, in my neighborhood and getting away from my home. So, um, you know, I feel like I've changed over time, but I, I certainly think back then that may have been, you know, one of my, I guess, coping mechanisms, you might say. Yeah. And it's very, I think it's sounds totally reasonable to me that you would be exercising that part of yourself, especially because when we're young teenagers, we can't go away. You're right, because the, the the very end really speaks to how I'm stuck, because as this is the very end, I'm watching this girl run ahead of me down the street in the same direction that I am, and she hits an invisible wall at the end of the street, and she gets, electri <laughs> she gets electrified, and her skin falls apart, revealing Ooh. this, like, prosthetic skeleton. She also has no legs, and she <laughs> looks at me, she laughs, and then she dies. And then I turn around and I see a dog just sitting there and I sit down and I pet the dog and I say to myself, man's best friend, you know, and then I wake up. That's the end. I, and I'm still on my street. Right. And the fact, that you have, the fact that you're dreaming about people with no legs and that you're trying to also have no legs. That's how you help keep yourself present. Wow. Yeah. Like, uh, like adapting to the situation, right? You're adapting. You're so smart. Oh my God. You know, what's really interesting. And this is probably just, as you would say, like my narrative, but I also feel like maybe Greg, a little bit of this came into play too, but especially as a teenager, we don't like being told what to do. And I also feel like you, Greg, like I get the sense that you don't 
most people don't like being told what to do. So I, I definitely it. picked I that up. It. I picked that up a few times from your description, like the mother, especially. The wire is dangerous. Exactly. But he manages anyway. So you can right. see that the dreamer is giving himself the information that he needed back then because our parents, I mean, parents don't, I'm a parent, I know, and maybe you are too. You don't no, wake I, up in yeah. the morning and say, how am I going to screw this kid up today? Yeah. <laughs> so, but the, the thing is that, so you're, you know, there's this, you, you can't do that or be careful, but uh, you seem to have had a sense even back then uh, that you were capable. You were, that's what the dream is. You know, you're putting yourself in all of these um, uh, difficult scenarios and you keep, um, uh, you, you survive, not only survive, but you thrive and you thrive on your own because you leave the friends yeah. in the Home Depot and you're, you're off to the races. It's a great dream. Wow, I'm I'm glad you kind of broke it down like that. I wish I had you back then to kind yeah. of explain it to me and not feel like I was um, you know, bugging out or something. You stop you stopped going to Home Depots forever. <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't get a screwdriver for you couldn't do anything the next couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. I mean I mean now I mean to me now, like I, like I said, I don't have dreams. I don't I mean I can't remember you the last remember. time I had a dream. I, or I like I said, I don't remember them. Is, is that what does that mean for me? Normal. I'm normal. <laughs> I'm just normal. Yeah, there's a memory trace in your frontal lobe that's not operating at the same capacity oh, when you're asleep oh. as when you're awake. So there's a physiological reason why you're not remembering. Hmm. But also, we blow the dream away. We, you know, because it doesn't make sense. So we're, we blow it away and we don't spend time. But the other thing, too, is you don't need uh, the puppy dream is a good example of why you don't need a dream with a beginning, a middle and an end. Like one picture, like that woman, the whole dream is just her jumping out of a chair because her chair is on fire, mm. on fire. And that was because she was procrastinating something. And her a dream gave her literally a rehearsal to get up. Yeah. And the only way that she was able to make motion is by giving herself a chair that's on fire. So wow. she did get to work on what she was procrastinating after she had that dream. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's so wow. crazy. That's so crazy. I mean, I guess, I guess, I guess, you know, for me, then it's like, yeah, if I do have a dream, then something must really be going on in my life uh, because I don't normally have them. So something really took hold and wanted me to think about it farther, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, let's, uh, we've been going a while now. Let's start wrapping it up here. Maybe we each get one more uh, kind of like wrap up question here. Uh, Greg, do you have one more question you want to ask? Yeah, this one's a uh, kind of fun and maybe Lainey you can um, kind of allow yourself to, to speculate a little bit this is not a, a scientific question but you know as a movie uh, the review podcast you know we will watch a movie and kind of discuss it and they're specifically horror horrorish movies and sometimes they're they're very suspenseful um, you know leading up to this particular episode and, and uh, talk with you we happen to watch a movie called Paprika it's this animated movie that explores the possibility of developing technology to watch and record our dreams 
as they're happening, you know, like almost wow. watch it on a TV. Um, and also using these uh, kind of fictitious devices to enter into another person's dream. It's more or less having a, a shared mutual dream together. Um, I'm curious to know what you think about th that, that idea. Do you imagine this could ever be possible or, and if it was as a practitioner in, in dreams, do you think that this is something we actually want? Do we, would it be helpful to be able to visually see and recall and repeat our dreams as if on a, on a videotape? And if we were to able to enter someone's dream, um, would that be, uh, something that we would want, or is that kind of a dangerous proposition? I, I don't, I don't think I, I would want that. But I love those movies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I don't, I, because I just love the the concept of of it all. Wasn't uh, sliding doors like that with Gwyneth Paltrow? Wasn't yeah. mm -hmm. yeah. that had that similar kind of feeling? And there's another famous movie. That's where there's a dream within a dream. Oh, Inception. Inception. Yeah. I'll tell you what they are able to do, though. They are able to, uh, with uh, lucid dreamers, they are able to have um, not even lucid. They they don't need to be lucid. Where they, they uh, hook you up and in the lab and they, when the... Um, the, the dreamer is talking to the lab technician while they are inside the dream because they're wow. conscious. This is brand new. It only just, uh, this has only just happened in the last couple of months or two. I just read an article about this where now the scientist is actually able to talk to the dreamer while they're sleeping because they're kind of semi-conscious and they're talking about what they're dreaming about. Wow. It's amazing. That's incredible. That's, that's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. Wow. Well, you, you definitely, if you haven't watched, I mean, I, I know you probably haven't watched the movie. Watch the movie, Paprika. It's a crazy anime movie. Yeah. We, wa we watched it leading up to this just to see if it would spark any dreams or craziness. And it's an insane anime cartoon from, is it Japan? Is it scary? Uh, no, I wouldn't say it's not scary. No. It's more just like, it, I don't know. How would you describe it, Greg? Sort of a thriller, you know, as as, as thrilling and, and weird as an animated movie could be. Yeah. Right. That's very cool. I always ask, do I need to have Andy there or I could oh. watch him? <laughs> <laughs> you probably watch it by yourself. I'd be okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah Lord. I'd never be able to do what you guys do. Never. Yeah, I was the one starting on this podcast. I didn't watch scary movies because I was traumatized at a very young age from scary movie. And so I don't really like them. But over the past year and a half, I've got into quite loving them. Um, no kidding. Wow. Yeah. So it's been really therapeutic for me on this podcast of watching these and dealing with these things that I've ignored most of my life. Like for me, when The Exorcist came out and I sat in that movie, but I got to tell you, like, when she turned that head around, yeah. I mean, yeah. her head went that way. I went that way. Yeah. <laughs> I said, okay. And that's like the last time that I ever saw a movie like that. Oh, like no. to scare the, scare the shit out of myself. <laughs> that is a pretty extreme version of the, of the yeah. movie we watched. Right? Yeah. yeah. That's funny. Uh, Laura, do you have one more question? I do. I So I have to ask, speaking of horror movies, I mean, most of our listeners are big horror movie watchers. And whether there's a correlation or not, it does seem like people who watch horror movies do tend to have more nightmares or more scary dreams. Right, because it's your language. That's why I'm not surprised 
language to buy your dream because you know it's like the cop who uh, I got out of getting a ticket right near the uh, Canadian border. I was coming home from the United States, and he I offered him a dream analysis in exchange for not giving me a speeding ticket. <laughs> That's fantastic. But his no. language about not being able to say something to his wife that needed to be said, his dream was about taking his gun out and the bullets don't work. And so, and no, it wasn't something sexual. It was really that he had something to say to his wife. <laughs> but he's using metaphors from his work. Right. He's, you know, That's he's his language. He can't come out with what he has to say. And it, for him, it's the same thing as taking his gun out and there's no bullets in it. He's shooting blanks. And for you, uh, when you're talking to yourself, you're using... Uh, you know, dead people with body parts all over the place because <laughs> that's part of your job. So that's your language. Wow. wow. That makes sense. So I guess, would it be fair to say maybe for our listeners out there, if they struggle with loving horror movies during the day, but what, you know, quote unquote, suffering from a nightmare at night to maybe just look at it differently when they wake up in the morning and just say, I, I should just be entertained. I mean, this is just me using my language to work through something. You're using your vocabulary that you're familiar with to say something to yourself. Yes. But by the way, Lenny, is that something that we can actually do before we go to bed? Can we influence the type of dream you have by talking to ourselves in a certain way to have, quote unquote, you know, maybe good dreams? Or yes. is that even something? Should we even do that? Or should we just let the process run its let course? It well, if you're trying to figure out what to do about a specific thing that's bothering you, you can ask yourself for a dream mm -hmm. and you can even go so far as to ask your unconscious to give it to you with metaphors that are easy to understand. Wow. Wow. That's crazy. That's cool. That's a great answer. I mean, I mean, it's your language to me. That's going to be one of our new t-shirt designs. Like that's a, that's a great yeah. tagline. I like that. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, you want to hear another funny dream before I go? Sure. sure. 100%. I, I teach the counseling students. Um, at uh, Concordia University here in Montreal. And this is everybody's favorite dream. I've been teaching there since 04. And hands down, this is always everybody's favorite dream about a woman who's got a one picture dream that she's got a piglet stuck to her breast. That's the dream. <laughs> wow. I don't okay. even want to work through that one. Yeah. <laughs> and so the first question I asked is wow, you must have been running around like a maniac trying to get the piglet off you. And she said, no, actually I'm not, I'm just looking at it. So before we know the dreamer or anything about her, we know that either the dream is mirroring a gross underreaction that she had, because if you had a piglet, you would be trying to get it off you, yeah. you would not be looking at it in, in kind of a, you know, just looking at it. Yeah. And so, or maybe the dream is providing a, a rehearsal because that's what the dreams do. They give you a rehearsal. And when you get comfortable with it, you bring it out to your waking life. And so I asked her, what'd you do yesterday? Where did you go? Who did you see? And she said, um, 
that she got together with her sister and they were walking on a street in Montreal called Sherbrooke Street. It's a big long street in Montreal. And so using the symbols point of entry, I asked her to tell me a couple of things about her sister. You know, what kind of personality is she? And, you know, and nothing really fit. And when you get it, it always, always fits so perfectly. It's really enough to, it's just stunning how uh, sophisticated the unconscious is. So it did fit. So I say, okay, who else were you with? Who else did you see? Well, we ran into my ex-boyfriend. Wow. I say, could you tell me what are the first two or three things that come to your mind? And the first thing she said was, he's such a dependent little pig. There you go. <laughs> now we found, <laughs> and he's dependent. So that's why he's on the breast, or at least it's one reason. And I said, oh, wh and what was the story? Well, he's making a party for himself and he asked me to cook the food. So now he's dependent and he asked her for the food. So now we also understand the breast. Huh? And I said, that's so sweet that you're still friends with your ex and you're going to go to the party and cook the food for him. And she said, I don't want to go to the party. I'm not cooking the food for him. And I don't even like this guy. I don't want to see him anymore. And I said, and did you say so? Well, no, because my sister was there. Yeah. He was there with friends. We were at a store and it just didn't feel right. So no. So that's the underreaction that we're looking at. And I said, it sounds like you have something to get off your chest. <laughs> oh my god oh that is so spot on I wow that's, that's great and that's what she did she called him up and gave him the news i'm not going to the party <laughs> <laughs> wow um, that's so funny i think that's a perfect place to end the interview on a great pun yeah. by you i love it <laughs> so good i like it <laughs> Um, yeah, we just want to say thank you for taking your time and come on with us and talk to us about dreams. I know it was definitely mind blowing for me. Uh, and I know Laura and Greg, you guys still feel the same way? Oh, my goodness. Absolutely. Yes. Thank you so much for, for being on and talking to us. So what an easy, uh, an easy conversation. You guys are great and so smart. Oh, my God. Oh, thank, thank you, you. Thank you. Thank you. Is there, I was going to say, is there any, um, you know, exciting projects or anything you want to promote right now? Talk about. Well, I just started writing for Oprah Daily. Wow, oh. so cool. Yeah, I have my own column with Oprah, and it's called Dreamcatcher. Wow. And uh, I guess the the another like big thing in my life these days is Clubhouse. Are you on Clubhouse, you guys? We no. aren't. It's something I keep seeing on Twitter and stuff like that, and I'm like, wait, what actually is it? Maybe you can help explain. What actually is it? I'll, I'll invite you. Oh. You have to have an iPhone because that's the only way that you can get invited is through an iPhone, like not a Samsung. It's got to be iPhone. Mm -hmm. But if you have one and you send me your uh, phone number, that's how you can get into Clubhouse. And I've been doing a lot of that, uh, doing uh, dream analysis rooms wow. where uh, somebody will share a dream and we do the analysis in front of whoever's on the floor, whoever's in the room. Wow. Oh, I love That's that. That's so cool. That's cool. Do you think maybe for your Oprah weekly thing, you're going to use Greg's uh, dream about being oh. no legs and stuff? Maybe you'll <laughs> use that one. 
Um, you get a leg and you get a leg and you yeah. get a leg. <laughs> Everybody gets I, I a might leg. Be able to use it, uh, I might be able to use it in psychology today. Where oh, it's oh, me, okay. where it's me who chooses the dream, oh, and that yeah. column is called understanding dreams. But it's me who chooses the dream. But with Oprah, they give me a dream. It's oh, exactly okay. like dear, dear Abby. Oh, okay. They, so, they somebody writes a question and tells me a dream, and I and I give them the answer. Same as dear Abby. Wow, that's so wow. cool. That's, that's exciting. So cool. And don't don't forget to buy my books that yes. are both called Have a Great Dream. And my internet site is also haveagreatdream.com. Have a great, yeah, great. Everybody, everybody listening, visit, buy her books. I mean, if you've listened to this episode, I think you probably have dreams and you want them analyzed. <laughs> buy her books, it can help you organize it and figure it out and understand it and not be afraid by it, I think is the main thing yes. I took away from this. Don't be afraid from your dreams. Don't be afraid of the yeah, nightmares. Exactly. Just analyze it and you'll be happier, you know? Uh, but thank you again for coming on. This is a great, great interview. Yes, we loved it you. so much. And uh, maybe in the future, we'll we'll pull you on again if Greg or Laura have some insane dream again, or or I have a dream for the first time. Maybe I don't know. We'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're probably uh, you want you want my ten dollar bet. You're gonna remember a dream in the next couple of days. Next couple of days. All right. Well, I'm gonna jump on that club. I'm gonna jump on that clubhouse. Yeah, and Piglet dream t- uh, proves you don't need a big long dream. One picture is worth a thousand words. There we go. Perfect. Perfect. Thank you again. Thank you again. Thank you. Thank you, Lenny. Bye. All right. We're back from the interview now. Uh, so what did you guys think of the interview? What did you think of Lenny? Uh, what, what do you think, Greg? You're the one that picked this. My mind is blown. I thought, um, you know, so much gratitude to, to Lenny for coming on and, and um, you know, enduring our stories and questions and um, she seems so just knowledgeable about about the whole subject and definitely opened my eyes on just looking at dreams and, and how we should be uh interpreting them because they like i said at the beginning of the pod they they seem so mysterious but i feel like her approach demystifies some of that mystery you know and um kind of offers us a way to to not be afraid of of nightmares yeah. Yeah. What about you, Laura? What do you think about the interview? I mean, I feel like you had the biggest maybe uh, eye open experience with your with your dream. Yeah, my my mind is for sure blown. I mean, I mean, like Greg, I'm just so thankful for her. I'm so thankful that she's really passionate and she shares her, you know, her knowledge on this subject and just helps so many people like, thank goodness, you know, we need these brains out there helping people. And I'm just so glad that she ha- has reached so many people and that she does this for a living. Um, yeah, this has been really eye-opening for me. And I just, I also hope that people listening to this episode, that even though you haven't had a dream similar to maybe Greg or myself, or even some of the stories that Lainey told us, that you're able to apply some of these new lessons that she taught us to your dreams. And it just makes it more manageable. I mean, I know that I tend to wake up from a nightmare. I'm just so not in a good place afterwards. And I think that now I'm going to be truly viewing them differently. You know, I'm going to be using it as a way to do my dream journal and really think about like, okay, what was I telling myself there? Good job, Laura. Good job picking that horror movie to (laughs) to explain that situation. Yeah. 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 Really helpful. Yeah. That was one thing that we were talking about, Rob, is, is that you know, one way of looking at your dreams and, and, and your nightmares is that, you know, when you wake up, of course, naturally, you're going to feel, you know, anxious about it. You know, it's, it's not a great experience when they're scary or horrifying or, or what have you. 
However, one way of looking at it is, and, and this is what Laney was kind kind of trying to, to you know, uh, push is that there, it, it's you having a conversation with yourself. Mm-hmm. So it's all just you and you, and it, yeah. it's it's your brain trying to help you. So as scary and horrifying as it is, you know, think about it as just you trying to help yourself. You know, it's just another part of you trying to to solve some problem that you're trying to deal with in the waking life. It's not your brain trying to terrorize you or you being haunted by, you know, some apparition. It's just you trying to solve some problems with yourself. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well put, Greg. Well put. Yeah. If anybody wants to, you know, I know she shouted out her her book to go purchase. I know she shouted out her website. But if you want to follow her on Twitter, uh, you can follow her there. She has a lot of good content on there. It's at Dream Analyst. Uh, and you could check her out on Twitter there. Um, so yeah, again, you know, thank you again, Lainey, for coming on. If she's listening, I don't know if she's going to listen back to the episode, but uh, you know, thank you again for coming on. It was such a great, and I hope everybody listening took something away from it, uh, which would be really cool uh, going forward. Uh, so that's it for this week's Pick Your Poison. Uh, next week is a new month. And we're going to be releasing our entire schedule for June here. Uh, we're going to be posting to Twitter and Instagram. Uh, but also remember, keep uh, sending in those Conjecture Choice picks for the next month here. Uh, keep them picks ringing. Uh, you can send them to ConjecturingPod at Gmail, Twitter, Instagram at ConjecturingPod, and also our website, podpage.com slash ConjecturingPod. Uh, so speaking of the next month now, we got some reveals now to do our picks. This is going to be pretty fun. Uh, so, Laura, what uh, you're picking first, Laura, what's going to be your first movie out of the gate for next month? Ah, so talking about some fucked up <laughs> imagery, <laughs> real fucked, fucked up. Dreams. Fucked I up mean, dreams. as fucked <laughs> up as it might get. I am picking Ari Aster's other movie. We did Midsommar. Mm-hmm. We are going to be watching 2018's Hereditary starring Tony Collette. I know Greg and I have both seen this already. Rob hasn't. Uh, not. Mm-hmm. I, I don't even know why I'm picking it because I can't believe I'm going <laughs> to allow myself to watch this again. I, as much as I appreciate the shit out of this movie, yeah. I thought this was a one and done. Yep. <laughs> I think Greg was kind of hoping it was a one and done, but nope, I'm picking it. So it we back. will be discussing. Yes. Wow. Interesting. Is this like, cause I'm the one that hasn't seen it. Is this like scare me, like shit myself shovel to my room or is this just fucked up? Both. The latter. Both? Oh, true. Hell, more hmm. fucked, but More this, just fucked. Yeah, it's fucked. Hmm. Hey, there was a Twitter poll that was like going around the internet the other day, like probably the most fucked up scene you've ever seen. And I answered with the scene from this movie. Really? Oh, yeah. wow. Crazy. All right. Well, what a great start to the month, everybody. I like it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Good, good pick, Laura. Good pick. Uh, okay. Uh, Greg's after that, Greg. So what's your pick going to be for the second week? Okay. So a couple of weeks ago, you guys um, vividly recall we had Laura's husband on for The Purge. And a couple of weeks prior to that, we had Rob's wife on for... Um, coherence? coherence. Coherence. So I figured I'd... Uh, join the club and bring my wife on for a movie that we're going to watch and we are going to go way way back and dig into some more uh psychiatric psychiatric drama and watch child's play you are making her watch child's play does she know does she know have you told her okay was it in a dream did you visit her dream and tell her (laughs) oh my god She is the one that suggested it to me. Um, oh. You know, she was encouraged by, you know, Rob jumping on 
you know, watching Fire in the Sky and oh, Laura true. watching the the Frozen movie. And the fact that, you know, she goes, uh, I mean, she'll, she'll talk about it when she gets on that, you know, maybe it's time to try to, to iron out some of our, our past trauma. And our listeners don't know wow. this, but she has a, a pretty dark past watching this movie when she was much too young to watch it. Um, so, um, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to us getting into it. I don't know how much she is, but she definitely volunteered um and that's amazing i'm, I'm so proud to see of how that her goes. i know wow. me too. that's so cool that's so cool man and i have wait can i i have to tell the story though so like i know that Lindsay, your wife is so horrified of this movie i dressed up as chucky one year for halloween it's it's my twitter it's my twitter it's, image oh, right. for those mm -hmm. who follow me on twitter and not only did i dress up as it take a picture I then posted it on social media. I tagged her everywhere I could. And she literally was like, I'm considering not being your friend anymore. Like, how could you do this to me? <laughs> so I don't, I just want to make sure everyone understands this is a big deal. This like this is huge, someone yeah. watching a movie that truly like it's, it's trauma for her. So, yeah. Oh my God. It's, yeah. Wow. It's a big, it's a big thing. Yeah. Cause isn't it, isn't it true, Greg, like your, your, your child's not allowed to have any dolls in the house or anything like that. None that look like Chucky. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> that's for sure. You know. <laughs> or re oh. resemble it, you know? Yeah. Uh, oh, wow. That's so funny. That's so cool though. I'm so excited for that. It's so awesome. Uh, yeah, man. I don't know, man. Who's has to, who has to follow that listener choice has to follow that now. So, uh, it's going to be a rough one for whoever picked that is, uh, Laura, what's our listener choice going to be the next week? You know, I don't know. This is shaping up to be a very robust month, might robust. I ask? Nice. Wow. Holy shit. Because our listener choice, um, this was submitted by Alex D. And actually, it was also submitted by other people. So we got a few requests for this movie. Hmm. And that is to talk about Alien. Because Alex oh, D. Man. says, we need more sci-fi. So wow, we are delivering. Nice. I agree. So shit, hereditary, child's play, alien. This is really nice. Wow. Sci-fi is, is my favorite subgenre of horror. Ooh. So I'm looking forward to that. All right, Rob. Give us something good, Rob. <laughs> give us something good. <laughs> Thanks, well, killing too. <laughs> I don't know if this is gonna be the downturn of our month or, or what's it gonna be, but uh speaking of past traumas, uh we're gonna be doing one of Laura's past traumas is my pick your poison. So, and this is something we've never done. I don't know how it's going to go. So this is going to be an adventure for my pick your poison. So what I want to do is I want to have a, it's called like a watch along or a commentary track to a movie. So we're all going to watch a movie together uh, and we're going to do a commentary track and then you guys can listen to us. We watch it. We can all set up a, everybody start at zero. We press play and we're going to do a commentary track. The movie I picked though is a 1986 short circuit. <laughs> 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 which which if many doesn't know you can't see laura she fell off her chair uh it's one of laura's like things that frightened the fuck out of her is like a robot so i don't so it's something we've been talking about for a while and i wanted to do it and i thought it's a commentary track it might be a little bit easier we don't have to review the movie we can just watch it and listen to laura's horrific screams through parts of this comedic funny movie i don't know uh, how you feeling right now, Laura? <laughs> I sure as shit wish I didn't pick Hereditary. I need a fucking break this month. Oh my god! I mean, all of us will think it's fun, but Laura's gonna have to live through a short circuit. Uh, yeah, I can't believe. Oh my god, my heart is racing. That is hilarious. Oh. Johnny Five, Johnny Five's alive, Laura. Johnny Five, he's coming to get you. 
Is that the tagline of the movie? This is messed up. <laughs> Can you explain to everybody why you find this movie scary or what scares you about Johnny Five? Um, I just, I don't know. I don't, I, <laughs> actually, it's kind of weird. We were just talking about in the dream I was describing with Lainey, but I don't like... And I also could be remembering this very wrong because I saw oh. this movie one time and it was when I was a kid, but like the there's worlds. a part where they like deconstruct him the, uh, or yeah, like pull him apart. Yeah, sure. And for some reason, when I was a child, that made me ill. Like I was just so um, disgusted. And it, it almost makes me think that at that young age, that was the first time that it was uh, something like that was shown to me where I could understand it. Like I didn't understand that that could happen to people and things and, and living beings could like cease to exist. And so by putting it in a movie where it's like an, uh, a robot being pulled apart mm-hmm. uh, against its will, more or less that just, yeah. I love that you word it like that. Me. Now I'm getting kind of terrified. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like clowning on you at first, but no, Greg's going to come to the pot with wrenches and crescent yeah. wrenches to get ready to put that robot back together. Save them. <laughs> That's funny. That's oh, funny. Man. But yeah, that's the pick. It's some, we've never done like a commentary track. So this is going to be something totally different for us, for everybody listening. Uh, it's just something I want to try and see how it goes. And if it goes, if it goes horribly wrong, then we'll never do it again. But, uh, I think it's going to be fun to do at least on our part. So we'll, we'll get to capture Laura's first viewing when that scene comes up. That's oh true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm record that video and get that video out there some way, you know. <laughs> So that's our month. That's our month. I think that's a super fun month. Uh, I think it's super strong. I like it. I don't know if ending on Johnny Five was the right choice, but uh, you know, nothing I can do about that. Um, yeah. So if you like, uh, if you like our pod, you got to check out our merch at our merch store. You know, you got to check that out. Uh, tpublic.com slash user slash conjecturing pod. What are you thinking about, Laura? You're thinking about stuff right now. I am. Think about sleep. Think about robots. Getting ready to dream. No, yeah. I was just trying to work something out in my head. Oh yeah, a robot. Mm. A robot in your brain. Yeah. Just don't worry about it. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Lastly, remember to subscribe, rate, review our podcast, wherever you're listening to it on, and check out the other shows on the Slash and Cast podcast network, Slash and Cast.network. So that's it from the Gold Room tonight. This has been The Conjecturing. I've been Rob. And Laura. And Greg. Yeah. Until next time, remember horror subjective, so conjecture away. See ya. Bye. See ya. He's an android, right?